Greetings, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Plan B Success. We have Jeremy Strayden today from Brisbane, Australia. Jeremy runs a company by name Business Legal Life Cycle, where he helps lawyers, accountants, coaches, and business owners achieve their goals of earning greater income, at the same time ensuring that their businesses run legally. Jeremy also has a book by the name Business Legal Life Cycle, which we will find out all about in a while. So before we get started and start asking him questions, let's welcome Jeremy. Jeremy, welcome aboard. Thanks for having me, Rajiv. I'm really excited to be here today. Same here. Australia, so what time is it? Did You say, you said 5 o'clock in the morning right now, right? Uh, yes, it's 5 a.m. in the morning um, in, in Brisbane, and the sun's coming up. It, it's in the middle of summer, so it's, um, it's a beautiful place to live. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so I've been a lawyer for about uh, 17 years. Uh, I've really focused on business law in, in that journey. Uh, I worked for a uh, Brisbane City law firm for many years. And about nine years ago, I decided uh, that with my business partner that we could do it better. And we went and started our own law firm. Uh, of course, we learned very quickly that that's not necessarily true, that you know, <laughs> uh, running a business is, is a lot tougher than you thought. And so that was back in about 2011, we started our business. And after a few years, I, I, I really got frustrated with not, um, not being able to help people. And uh, people were coming to lawyers, and this is a common problem in the law, where people are come to us to be to solve a problem rather than to prevent a problem. And so that's where I, I kind of shifted the way that I wanted to do my business and, and moved into more business advice and came up with the concept of the business legal life cycle to, to help people be proactive in their businesses. And so I've kind of, it's been a journey. It's been an interesting journey. It's been a fun journey. And yeah, it's brought me you know, to today where I'm, I'm promoting this product to actually help business owners uh, achieve more in their life. And it's really to help achieve my goal, which is to make legal advice accessible for all SMEs around the world. And we're doing that so far, at uh, you know, the time of recording, we're in Australia, United Kingdom, the US and South Africa, and we're working on, on other countries as well. So it's really exciting and it um, really helps get me out of bed in the morning and really motiv motivates me to, 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 for success, really. You know, that's pretty interesting what you said in terms of uh, trying to prevent it than trying to solve it. Now, you mentioned that you actually worked in the legal system in Australia. How many years did you do that? I, well, I still work there. I still, um, I'm an owner of my law firm. Uh, I just don't do a lot of the actual legal work. I, I help run the business. Uh, I was in the, you know, doing the actual legal work for probably about 15 of those years. It's only been in the last two years that I've really made the decision to focus on this business and to focus on the life cycle and expand it globally uh, so that I can help more people. Uh, so about 15 years is the answer to the question. You know, your legal practice, your 15 years, what's, what's been your experience? How, how was that? Um, I loved it. I, I loved helping people solve their problems. I love being there uh, and being the person who they come to for advice and being able to, to apply what I knew to strategize and, and solve problems. The issue that I found was that it was, it was very much transactional and it was very much you know, just doing the same thing, repeat thing over and over again. And I, I, got, I got bored with it, honestly. Uh, yeah, and uh, I still love the law. I still love doing like the high value, big transaction stuff and negotiating that, all, all of that kind of work. Uh, I just don't like doing the actual uh, 
day-to-day work and I have a team to do that do that for me uh, and that's that's good and yeah I've learned a heck of a lot and I love doing it I, I love what I do uh, and it's been been really good and really rewarding to make that shift into just the high-end uh, strategy work for, for my clients you know one of the things that you mentioned is now that you're looking to expand your business globally you're reaching out to people in other countries but when you look at the legal systems and uh, the similarities and the differences across different countries, what do you see? Yeah, that's a great question. And uh, it was one that I was very scared of when I started started this journey. Uh, the, the big thing is that what I talk about is a, at a high level. It's to give business owners an understanding of what they might need to do in their business. It's not the actual practical how to do it. We still need lawyers and attorneys to do the actual work. So at a high level, the law is very similar. You know, I, I had this realization, my wife is an academic and we went to London uh, where my sister lives for a conference that she was uh, presenting in, in, about, in about insolvency law. And pretty boring topic, but I went anyway because <laughs> that's what you do. And I realized hearing all these, all these academics from around the world that at a high level, the law is pretty similar. And so we've been able to keep the product pretty consistent and, and relevant to each country because at a high level, especially in the Western world, the laws are, yeah, they're pretty similar. Uh, the main, main differences are the entities. So the, the entities are the LLCs in the US, you've got LLPs in the UK, you've got companies in Australia. Uh, they're the really main differences. And then the implementation is different, but that's where you need your, your lawyer or, or attorney to do that work for you. Now, you mentioned that you have a team supporting you. So do you have teams in all these different countries supporting you? Yes, I do. Yes. So what I did is I partnered with um, lawyers um, slash attorneys in each of the countries to help me understand how the law is different. I got them to teach me all the differences in the law and, and, and then I would rewrite the book based on, on that and then they gave me feedback about the changes and then I made sure it was relevant to them and got feedback uh, from the, the lawyer on the ground and made sure that the uh, it was right for them and their country. So your clientele is basically lawyers, accountants, and coaches. Why them specifically? So for for lawyers, it's about helping more people. So lawyers can use the the book, and I have a, a SaaS uh, online tool that, that people can use as well to identify the blind spots. They can use that to help their clients. And so for lawyers, it helps them to be able to find out what their clients are missing and help give them proactive advice. So that's how lawyers can, can help their clients. And it's the same for accountants and coaches. It's around understanding what's missing. No, no other tool that, that I've been able to find actually identifies what they're missing and helps people to understand what the, they need in their business. So what, what we've developed is, is unique in that sense. And lawyers, it really helps them to be able to be proactive with their clients and the, and the same with accounts and, and coaches. When you talk about blind spots, can you give an example or two? <laughs> yes, we could do it. We could do a very long podcast on, on examples of those. Uh, so, so uh, you know, I'll, I'll tell one of the stories uh, that really precipitated me me coming up with the, the life cycle. There was a couple of ma- matters that I handled where I was really frustrated with not being able to be proactive. And uh, one of those was a client who he ran a franchise where uh, he was a franchisor and there's a bunch of coffee vans that he um, franchised to go around to different premises and and uh, make coffees every day. And he, so he was a franchisor there. He got sued by a couple of franchisees for misrepresentation. Uh, in Australia, 
franchises are very he heavily regulated. They're not so much in the in, in other countries like the US, uh, but in Australia, they're very he heavily regulated. And so he got sued for misrepresentation. And look, he was in the wrong uh, and he knows it. <laughs> He's still a client today. Uh, he, though, he was going to get a bad judgment for about $700,000 against him for, for two cases of misrepresentation. He was going around telling everyone that that was okay because he was just going to go bankrupt and he wasn't going to have to pay the debt. The problem was that he owned, without any mortgage on it, about $2 million worth of property. This is in Australian dollars. And uh, a bus the business and a, a bunch of other properties that were the high leverage. He had about $3 million worth of equity. So if he'd gone bankrupt, he would have lost all of that. And it was a real blind spot for him that he didn't know, he didn't understand that fundamental thing about, about, um, about entities. And he also didn't understand from an asset protection point of view, how he should have been buying his, his properties so that this wouldn't have been a problem for him. And so that was a huge blind spot for that gentleman. And that really, uh, yeah, he's still a client of mine now because I asked him the right questions. And when I, when I had the conversation with him about what would happen if he uh, had gone bankrupt, the, the look on his face is one of those, those looks of terror that I can get right. I, I can picture it right now, him and his wife that were in the room at the same time about what they would have done. And so that's an example of a blind spot that someone has that if they just got legal advice. And when, when, when I asked him, why didn't you get legal advice? He, he said, I did speak to my lawyer, but they were they were engaged on the on the litigation where he'd been sued, and he just told them that's what he was doing. And when I said, "Well, why didn't you get proper advice?" and he said, "Oh, I just didn't want to pay for it." And not not paying for it is a really bad excuse because it would, could have cost him you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars. So that's just one example. I have I have plenty of them <laughs> of people who who just if they had if they understood the law better, just would have solved so many problems. And you cover these in your book? Absolutely. So in the book, I go through different uh, case studies. Uh, I call them um, from the case files. And we, we talk through examples of where people could have done things better and, and what they could have prevented. And it's, and it's funny, Rajiv, I've done, I've, I do lots of keynote presentations. I do lots of podcasts. And it's scary how many times I tell that story. And especially when I, when I talk to uh, lawyers and attorneys, they come up and they whisper in my ear, I've had someone like that too. And I, I thought it was quite a unique story, but all around the world, I get I get the same. I, I had someone who almost did the same thing. It's really scary, isn't it? And so that, that really inspires me to get up in the morning and, and help people uh, to really understand their businesses. So when you look at the US, what kind of blind spots do you see as the most common? I think it's, it's that misunderstanding of what you know, what the law actually means. Uh, there are so many different nuances uh, in relation to business. Uh, I think that there's there's a lot of misunderstanding about the entities that people should have in place. And when they start up their business, they don't think about what the right entity is. And I see that time and time again with the people that I work with, that they that they think that they need to go one way. And because, because they've heard at a barbecue that that that's the way that they should do uh, uh, and they don't get that advice. So really it's around the entities that, are, that I've seen uh, be probably the biggest blind spot. And probably the second one is really understanding the differences with the employees. Yeah, you got your, your, um, you got your contractors, you got your employees and really understand the difference there and what all the rules mean uh, for them is, is really something that people need to get on top of. I think they're W2 uh, employees and 1099 contractors in the US. Now, do you see anything peculiar or anything different with uh, the last several months uh, while the whole world is reeling under the pandemic? 
Yeah, I think what I've seen is is people be nicer to each other from a legal perspective. So, uh, especially with with our law firm, we do a lot of uh, debt collection for for um, you know, companies that, are, that haven't been paid by consumers, and that just stopped. Uh, because people were, were trying to do the right thing. They didn't want to pursue things. And so in a time when people have been a lot nastier to each other, we've seen from a, you know, in a social media sense and, a, and all that stuff, but in a legal sense, we've seen people just hold back and give people time to sort things out, to sort out what, what's going on. And that's been a really interesting shift because if you read the media and you, you, know, you look at Twitter and, and all the rest of it, you'd think everyone was at each other's throats. But we've noticed that there's been that real step back in the in the um, litigation. And just, just recently in Australia, we've got the pandemic pretty well under control. We haven't had a community transmission for, for a long time. And so people are starting starting to do things they're starting to, to to go out and start new businesses they're starting to do do a lot of transactions we've seen a massive uptick in uh, residential conveyancing which is buying and selling houses uh, and we've just we, our conveyancer is absolutely slammed with work at the moment she's got so much work she doesn't know what to do with it and people are just buying and selling at, at, in, it's like hotcakes at the moment so that's been really interesting to see people actually you know invest in in property and and all and all of that stuff in this time when we we thought that all that would just stop but it's just gone massive you know that's pretty interesting like you know right now in the u.s the cases are just ticking up up and up you know much much higher than where we were back in march and i hear about australia i do have a few relatives there and they talk about literally zero cases, you know, and they attribute it to how stringent the rules have been around people, uh, you know, either working from home or staying home and, you know, all the, all the things that you need to do in order to avoid getting infected. Yeah, absolutely. Uh I think we're also very lucky. We're an island, uh, and we shut ourselves off from the world. Whether that's right or wrong, uh, we shut off uh, shut off ourselves from the world. And yeah, that's bad for me because uh, I love to travel. I I, yeah, I was actually going to South Africa a week before the pandemic started to to release the book, and we've had to put that on hold until probably 2022, really. Uh, so, so so as an island, we, we've been able to shut ourselves off, uh, and that's we've we've been lucky, uh, and we've seemed to have done a good job of it so far. And yeah. Again, rightly or wrongly, they've, they've shut down a lot of things. They've, they've restricted our movements in some places. But at the end of the day, our lives haven't changed too much. And I think, I think also, we're only a country of 25 million people. I think that's probably the big thing. Like when you compare that to, to the US or India uh, or other countries, you know, we're a country of 25 million people spread out in a mass. Yeah, Australia is the size of the US. And we're, we're a country of 25 million people. So I don't think it, it has the ability to spread as much over here. As it, as it has over there. Now, has your book released in the US yet? Yes, yes, it, it has. But back in 2019, we released it. And where do people find it? Uh, they can either go to our website, uh, businesslegallifecycle.com, or they could go to Amazon. Uh, it's available there. Just make sure that you buy the US edition. <laughs> uh, there is a UK and Australian edition, but it, it has it, it, on Amazon, it has a US edition. And we can link it. Uh, I've got a page that I've put together uh, for your listeners at businesslegallifecycle.com slash plan B. And we can, we'll put a link on there to where you can buy the book. Awesome. And what are the services that you provide under the umbrella of your firm? Uh, so, from my law firm or from the business legal life cycle? Both of them. Yeah. So, well, the law firm is all about helping business owners and, and helping them in all aspects of their business. And that's really where the life cycle was born. Uh, from the business legal life cycle, at the moment, uh, there's the book and there's the test. And the test identifies those blind spots. 
I'm working on at the time of recording, I'm working on an education platform as well, uh, where we're going to have a course that people can take and run them through through the life cycle and really understand how to talk to their their, their attorney, how to talk to their lawyer and, and, and really find out what they need and what are the fundamentals that they need so they can go there and they can understand things better. That's what the book does. Uh, uh, but I've, I've, I've got a lot of feedback and a lot of requests from people to actually build a course about that so that they can run through and do that. So they're the main, the main things that, that we do. What piece of advice would you offer to, for instance, coaches out here in the US or for that matter, anywhere in the world in terms of how they should be charting their business during this difficult time? Um, I think is it's the big thing is not to give up and to pivot. Uh, I do I do 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 coaching work as well. I run some online masterminds and I work for a coaching business. And the thing that we constantly talk about is be ready to pivot, like be ready to, to do things differently. And when someone when 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 one person's zigging, you ma- you make sure you zag and yeah do do what the opposite is. And that's worked really well during this time. And I think that everyone can take a lesson in that. Uh, that when when people are going one way, you go the other way, and uh, that's when a lot of success happens. And where do people find you? Uh, so uh, probably the best way is either LinkedIn. Uh, so if you search for my name, Jeremy Stratton, I'm the only one in the world that has a LinkedIn profile. I think the spelling of my last name is a little bit different so uh, from a lot of other Strattons out there. So uh, people can find me there. Uh, the businesslegallifecycle.com slash plan B. Uh, I'd encourage people to go there. We've got some resources on there that, that they can have a look at, including a discount for the test. That's uh, normally $97 and we, we give it to listeners for, for half price. So forty eight fifty. And uh, what, what are you planning for 2021? Uh, just continue to expand. So uh, we're, we're really pushing uh, into our international markets. Uh, it's going to be tough because I can't travel. I can't come over to the US. I, I literally am not allowed to come to the US. Again, whether that's right or wrong. Uh, but uh, in my mind, it's all about um, expanding. It's about getting in front of as many business owners to show them that there's a different way to do the law and there's a different way to understand the law because there's a massive misconception out there. And also to get in front of as many lawyers as I can and to show them that there's a different way that we can run our practices. There's a different way that we can help people rather than just waiting for them to come to us. We can go to them and we can help them so that we're making, we're, we're making the world a better place and making the, the people's who, uh, businesses run better. And so it's all about that for 2021 and I'm really excited um, about it. Awesome. You know, there's, there's a certain amount of confusion or a certain amount of unknown fear in people's minds, especially when you talk about law or lawyers. Do you see that in your general clientele? Absolutely. Uh, and, and I think that comes from a number of different sources. It comes from, you know, lawyers are generally very intelligent people who may not be the best at communicating. Uh, they have different personalities and so they can seem arrogant and aloof. I don't think most of them actually intend to be, uh, but that can happen. Uh, also, there's a language barrier as well. Like there's a language barrier between uh, lawyers and their clients. We have a lot of you know, weird legal terms that we use. And yeah, you know, the book goes through and explains everything in plain English so that it, it kind of moves that, that, uh, that away. And I'm working on some other tools as part of the education platform to do that too. Uh, but I think that there is, a, there is definitely a disconnect and we need to help solve that because people need legal advice. And so people need to be able to come to their, their lawyers to, to talk it through. You know, and there's also that fear of the unknown, right? Your lawyers equals dollars, you know, lawyers equals expensive. And there's that thought process. And before, you know, you need legal advice, but you hesitate, uh, you know, in order to go there just because of the unknown. It's, it's just like healthcare, right? 
you don't know what bill you're going to get hit with. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think that, again, is another huge problem. Uh, I think that there are lots of lawyers, though, who are charging fixed fee. So they're, you know, we do this in, in my law firm, and I know plenty of, of attorneys in the, in the US who do the same. And you come to the attorney and they will give you a quote for the work that, they're gonna, that you're going to do. And then that's the work and that's what you're being charged. I think a retainer where, where an attorney says, I'll oh, give me $5,000 and, and I'll just bill you as we go, just isn't going to work in 2020 and it's not going to work in the 2020s, I should say. Uh, and uh, there's definitely a movement to that. And there's plenty of lawyers and attorneys out there who do that. And I, I think when, once you find that right person who does that, then you'll, you'll build a better, a better um, relationship with the lawyer. And I think also you should challenge your, your, if you've got a relationship with a lawyer or attorney, you should challenge them and say, well, can't you give me a, a, a quote? You know, don't you know this work well enough? You maybe don't have to be as confrontational as that. But the way I look at it is I know how long something's going to take. I know the value that I'm giving by providing a service. And so I know what it's going to cost me. So I'm able to quote that. I'm able to say that you know, this, the drafting this agreement is going to, going to be this price because I know what it costs me. And so therefore, I know what I need to charge for it to be a profitable business. And I would challenge attorneys to really think about it. They would know it too. If you don't, for any, any length of time, you know, what the work that go, you know the work that goes into it and you'd be able to do that. And what kind of blind spots do you see with accountants? I think that a lot of them think they know the law. And I think that they, I think a little bit of knowledge can be dangerous with accountants. And especially from that perspective, they think that they know the law well enough to be able to give advice. And because they, they see it every day, they think, oh, well, I can just give that short bit of advice to, to, their, to their client. The problem is that one, their client may not have told them everything, not, not for any, you know, bad reason they might have just not have told them all the facts and two that there are so many nuances in the law and so many things that, that might change the advice that just giving people oh yeah well i saw yeah my client do that over there may not actually work for for the client in in that circumstance you never know what's going on in their personal lives and you never know what's going on uh you know with everything that's going on so it's worthwhile getting that advice and i always uh, i always talk about consultants working together they should pick up the phone, you know, I, and I do this as a lawyer. If I, if I have a, an accountant on the, you know, where we're talking about something that, that requires accounting advice, I pick up the phone and talk to the accountant. And, and that's what all, all consultants need to do, and accountants especially. They need to stop giving legal advice and start getting that from the lawyers. And just on the, on the other side, just for any accountants listening, fully aware that lawyers need to stop giving accounting advice as well. <laughs> I, I, I know it's a, an endemic problem in both professions. Uh, Jeremy, this has been very helpful. Thank you for joining us uh, for this, uh, you know, a real full punch episode where we learned a lot about you, what you have to offer. One piece of advice that you would give the listeners in terms of what do you think they should expect from 2021? I think that, that 2021 is going to be a great year. I think things, things are, yeah, we're, we're in December 2020. I think things are looking, looking very positive. And if you take a positive outlook, you, you know, you get what you project. I think. And so if you're looking for it to be a bad year, it's going to be a bad year. If you're looking for it to be a positive year, I'm very bullish on 2021. I think it's going to be a cracker of a year. And uh, you know, taking that approach, I think, means that it, that it will be because you're looking for that and you're going to find all the positives that are in it. So take a positive approach. Don't listen to all of the uh, nonsense on the media uh, and, and just work towards 2021, 2021 being a great year and it will be.
Thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a pleasure having you and we will keep in touch. Thanks so much for having me. I hope you liked that episode and are enjoying all the episodes in Plan B Success podcast. I'd encourage you to go subscribe on your favorite platform, whether it's any listening platform or YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. Make sure you subscribe so that you enjoy this content and extract from it what serves you best, what benefits you in your own life, personal, professional, business, whatever it might be. PlanB.Live is the website where you can go in order to find any episode that you would like to listen to. Three times a week, we release episodes, the first being an inspiring interview with someone who's done it, been there, done that, and can inspire you to go after what you want to achieve. Every Monday, that's the episode that gets released. And then, on Wednesdays and Fridays, we pick a topic and we talk about it in order to benefit you in your personal and professional life. At the same time, if you're someone who's interested in learning more about these concepts, if you're someone who's interested in podcasting as well, go check out planbsuccessschool.thinkific.com. That's where all the online courses are. You can learn and benefit from them there as well. There's a bunch of free courses. There's a bunch of paid courses. Start with the free ones. Get to learn what you aspire to learn. And if you want to delve deeper, then you can sign up for the other ones. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm.